Is libertarianism just for white males? Are you even a real libertarian? Well, according to some people, probably not. All that and more on episode 58 of the Scottish Liberty Podcast with me, Anthony Samaroff, and, and me, Adolf Hitler. <laughs> um, okay. Okay, the power of suggestion. No, I'm like Tom Laird. <laughs> <laughs> so, you were watching the Sam, what's the name of the guy? <laughs> the... I was watching Politicon. Politicon. Yeah, I watched Politicon, a big political debate, the heavyweight contest of the year with uh, Cenk Uyghur, he of the Young Turks, and of course, your favourite Jew, and yours, um, Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro, yeah. Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro, and uh, it was it had a big build-up. I watched it, I watched it live, most of it, um, and... Guess what? It wasn't all it was hyped up to be, though uh, these things generally aren't. Um, but you, I mean, you're not a big fan of Mr. Shapiro's. Hmm. I think you've got Jew envy. <laughs> I think I he's, think, yeah. he says some good things. I think he's a things. better musician than you. <laughs> and he just can't stand it. He says, some, he says some good things on economics from time to time. But... What's your major beef with him? Well, he's a warmonger, and I think that he's tends. A warmonger, baby. I think that tends to taint any other aspects of what someone might have to contribute. And also, I, I this, this is a problem that we have. Um, like the left are coming across as pro- approachable, and uh, the kind of people that nice they're coming across as like, oh yeah, you could go out and have a beer with these people, and they they probably lend you a carton of milk and help you fix your car. Lend you a carton of milk. Well, whatever it is. Whereas the... I think what they would do is they would force somebody at gunpoint to, to give them a pint of milk, then they would give it to you. Yeah, perhaps <laughs> And call also it true. altruism. And call it altruism. Well, the thing is, I just think we have a very P- big PR problem in terms of selling free markets to the general public. And this is exacerbated by people like um, Shapiro, although he's not the worst. Um, and not a libertarian. And not a libertarian. But but he does claim to be for free markets, as Anne Coulter, who is also at Politicon, claims to be for free markets. And then you've got, I don't know, people like Paul Joseph Watson and people who are basically trollish. I, I'm just I'm just concerned that people will come on come along and go, well if that's what libertarians are, they're all a bunch of assholes and I don't want anything well, how come to do no, with right, them. Well how come nobody does that with socialism? How come nobody just reads Capital and goes Oh, that's socialism. What a bunch of assholes. Well they don't even read Das Capital, let's right. face it. Okay, how, well, well how come nobody looks at repeated socialist fuck ups? Repeated fucking social like, like wh- wh- you, hello, hello. Have you heard of Venezuela? Do you know what's going on there right now? Right, okay. Right, how come people don't fucking repeatedly look at fucking socialism and socialists and go, oh, I get it. Socialism's a shitty idea. <laughs> right. Okay. No, I, I share your frustration a hundred percent. Like we can just look at um, Estonia compared to the other countries that were Eastern Bloc countries or. Chile, which is the richest 
country in South America compared to all the ones that have had socialism. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Hong Kong and Singapore, yeah. etc. West Germany versus East Germany. On the evidence basis alone, you'd think by this point, you'd hope by this point people would go, hmm, pennies kind of dropped. I completely agree with you on that point. But what I mean is the talking heads. The thing is, people's personality comes a lot into them choosing their politics. Okay, and the to, talking to... heads of the progressive left, I'm not talking about the radical left, um, they come across as... They've, they've, their whole ethos, the whole way they present themselves are, we're the nice people who care about folk. So and that packaging. is selling. That is selling those ideas. That is selling the ideas. That, so is, to, to that is reaching people. One of your favourite quotes, nobody cares... Uh, what was what's the... they they don't care what you know until they know no right. one cares what you know until they know you care or right okay well I mean and they're I... coming across as the more caring nice and I'm not talking about shrieking social justice warriors because they're getting a lot of flack from the left now at last as well but for a long time the more moderate left was giving refuge to them what I'm saying is they've got they've got the PR down. They're looking like the Young Turks. I mean, Cenk Ugar, as far as I'm concerned, he's fairly mediocre mind. He's not a revolutionary, creative, interesting, radical thinker. He's not got new ideas, but he's who presentable. Does? Well, who does have new ideas? Um, Steve Pinker, Ed, Noam Chomsky to an extent. I guess maybe not anymore, but he's getting on. Are we talking about the left? And I think Stefan Molyneux was a very original thinker um, for a long time. It's hard to dispute that. Um, Hans Hermann Hoppe, poster boy of the um, alt-right. No, I don't know if that's true or not. But let's face it, he has come well, under Well, a lot of flat. alt-rightists have read um, you know, the Democracy of the God That Failed. Yeah, and, you know, and it sort of became they, a Bible. They deserve a medal for actually reading that book because it's extraordinarily <laughs> difficult to read. And if I was Hans Hermann Hoppe, I'd pay someone to make a popular version of the text that anyone could read. Right. If you've read Democracy that I'm, the I'm, God I'm, That I'm Failed... I'm actually I'm endeavouring to read it at the moment. I'm ploughing through it. I'm, I'm only on chapter two. And it is quite... Um, it's quite heavy going. It is. It is. It's a difficult read. Who do you think is an original thinker? Jesus. Well, I don't know. I mean, he repackaged a b- bunch of stuff from Hinduism and no, Buddhism. No, he let's didn't. Let's not get into that. Uh, anyway, um, who do I think is an original thinker? I, I don't know. I tend to think Today. that there's nothing new under the sun. I um, think that's just what people who are unoriginal say. Well, okay, I'm an original. Uh, apart from us, obviously, and this uh, cutting yeah. edge show that we yeah. do, um, I don't. Who's an original thinker? Well, I can only talk about thinkers who actually impress me. I think Jordan Peterson impresses yes. me. Yes, and again, I think he's repackaged a lot of stuff yeah, that sure. people were talking about in the sixties and seventies, but it's new now because no one's talked about it since then. There's also, the, the, he kind of brings Warren a Farrell. fresh perspective to it. Warren Farrell, yeah, okay, he yeah, blew I'll, my I'll give mind. you that. He yeah. blew my mind. Alfie... What else did he blow? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Alfie Cohn, I think, a really excellent original thinker. 
not the same Alfie as featured in the movie with score by Burt Bacharach. So there's a school day with the Scottish Liberty podcast. There's not a whole load of original thinkers, but I think it's fair to say at this stage, there's not a great need for new ideas. There is a need for greater understanding of already existing ideas, which is why I think that free marketeers really have to package themselves better. Don't get me wrong, we do need some people that just kick the door in. Mm. Like, that will appeal to some people. The thing is, I think we've got enough, enough people, you know, and there's enough Milo Yiannopoli in the world who are just, um, who are just... Uh, a good version of Monopoly, Yiannopoli. <laughs> We should create this game, the, the alt-right board game. <laughs> yeah, no, for like, you, uh, you have been publicly shamed. Go to, <laughs> do not pass go, do not collect 200 subscribers or whatever. Yeah, and you wouldn't be allowed to buy any public utilities. So, yeah, I agree with you. Jordan Peterson's impressive. Um, Warren Farrell's impressive. Alfie Cohn's impressive. Stefan Molyneux, to a degree, I, I prefer his older stuff. I feel like he's on his greatest hits tour, doing the same stuff again and again. Um, you know, people like that, they are original thinkers, but they're not getting them, with the exception of Stefan Molyneux, and he is the kind that kicks the door in. Mm. They're not getting the most views. It's people like Paul Joseph Watson or... or um, who else? Uh, you know, Lauren Southern does well. She's not a great original thinker. No, but they're preaching um, to the choir, They're really. preaching to the choir. Now, don't get me wrong. Singing to the choir. You yeah. do need to preach to the choir. I mean, yeah. the priest the doesn't come in. You've got to feed the flock. Yeah. And, and like, go, I'm not going to preach to you guys because you're in the choir. Yeah. I'm just going to preach to these guys yeah. over here. Yeah. Right. The choir needs preaching to feed the flock, as you say. And also, we... When we're doing when we're doing technical episodes, more technical than this one, which is more shooting the shit, I do do a bit of research. I, I always try and put lots of facts in there, and I see that as arming the troops. Yeah. So we do need morale, but I just feel like there's not enough people like that are able to sell a case the way someone like, let's say, Warren Farrell does. Um, because he's soft spoken and he knows the other side of the coin, we need we need more, and and I think one of the strengths of our show is that I'm a bit more like um, conciliatory, although I do go in rant modes at times, and you're obviously more the the kick the door in type, ranty man, and that gives us a balance, yeah. and I think we need a greater balance within the movement. But I'm interested in hearing what people at home think, so please do jump onto the YouTube for this. Even if you're listening on iTunes, when you get home from your commute, go onto YouTube and leave us comments. What do you think about selling the ideas of liberty? Um, I mean, I, see, I don't, I don't buy that. There's this mass of floating sort of voters or whatever you want to call them, who uh, you know, yeah, you, you meet, you meet these. I meet people in, in pubs or whatever, you know, and oh yeah, you know, libertarianism has got a few good ideas, but and it doesn't matter how you package it for these people. Um, they're just not buying it, you know. And the 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 softer the sell, the more they smell blood. 
okay. they just they just go for you. It's like a feeding frenzy with sharks. You know, it's like they 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 spot any concession as a weakness, really, hmm. uh, and turn on you. Uh, it's I think it's like they like libertarians as long as you're basically quiet about it. Uh, and you go, oh, that's that's all right. That's good. Good for you. Good for you. Good luck with that. You know. But as soon as um, as soon as you start making any coherent points, and uh, you know, putting their their ideas and arguments under scrutiny, then they take umbrage and then they want to come at you with a sledgehammer. Um, so I think the Paul Joseph Watsons. Is, I mean, I've done, I, I don't regard Paul Joseph Watson as a libertarian. I don't think he regards himself as a libertarian. I think he's made several comments. I know Yiannopoulos has made comments suggesting that libertarianism is something a bit effect and namby pamby. Um, I. But back to back to Shapiro and okay. Uyghur, because we we kind of we diverged there. See what we did. Um, I watched the debate. I didn't. First, I I thought. I didn't buy the the hype after you know the post match hype where there was a whole load of libertarians. Guys, don't fucking do this, okay? I really hate it. I know it's clickbait, and fucking, we might have even been guilty of it in the past. You know, but we're a young show. We're trying to get ourselves noticed. But anyway, don't do this thing where you go. You know, just pick two fucking random names uh, that are on the on the opposite side of the spectrum and go. You know, oh, Jordan Peterson destroys Libtard. You know, <laughs> and then you, and then you click on there and you watch a rather mundane discussion in which Jordan Peterson may or may not have got the upper hand, depending on your point of view. And you go, well, look, he's not destroyed him. He's not fucking destroyed him. You know, unless he fucking pulls a fucking 66mm anti-tank missile out his fucking arse and fucking fires it at his fucking opponent and literally fucking destroys him. That's a lot of fuckings for one sentence. Yeah, (laughs) it fucking is. Um... It just annoys me, you know, and if it annoys me, how much does it annoy everybody else? You, 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 you click on it, oh, God, I'm going to But you still it. clicked I, on I, it. I do still click on it. And I, well, that's, that's, why it, that's why people do that's it. That's why they do it, I know. Uh, so I'm going to stop clicking on it. I'm going to make the name for this video, uh, <laughs> Scottish Libertarians Destroy, destroy. Some, oh, something. God, let's not. It's, it's just, <laughs> it's, it, it's fucking so... Counterproductive, you know. People, I mean, I, I'm starting to get real. I'm not starting. To, I am bored of it. I'm really bored of seeing it. Every second or, or third video is like, you know, he destroys this, he destroys that, and you see no such thing. So I did not see uh, Ben Shapiro destroy Chenk Uyghur. No, more's the pity. Okay, um, I don't hate Cenk Uyghur. I actually used to quite like some of the stuff that the Young Turks came out with in the early days, especially on the on the anti-war uh, stuff. They were one of the only people... It was easy to do it under Bush. It was easy yeah, to absolutely. be Yeah, absolutely, yeah, because Bush. they were attacking... Uh, so they suddenly became very, uh, you know... They were critical of some things about Obama. They were even critical about Obamacare no. being a handoff to... Um, corporations. Yeah, that's a very lefty way of looking at it, but I think it's true. Yeah, but yeah. So anyway, so they they debated among other things. They debated taxation. They debated uh, healthcare. Um, I think consistently that Ben Shapiro uh, produced the better arguments. Mm-hmm. But then that's my take because I'm I'm kind of biased. Yeah. Uh, however, 
Uh, I I thought Cenk Weger was slightly better than I expected him to be. Um, the only time he really lost it was when he started to you know when the, when the audience were kind of booing him uh, when he was talking about re- it wasn't he didn't call it redistribute recycling money was it recycling he called it. Who? Oh, that Uger. really annoyed yeah, me. Okay, and Ben Shapiro was not the right. Yeah, that's where he could. That was a perfect opportunity to have a killing blow. Yeah, yeah because libertarians, you're going to hear this all the time. Oh, if we take wealth from the top and distribute it to the bottom, then it's going to circulate in the economy. No, no, didn't he say it was good? Didn't he specifically say circulate it among the middle? Because what happens, the middle classes will not yeah. save, they'll spend. They'll go out and spend it, okay, because, you know, see when that upper class person invests in the stock market, that money just disappears. It doesn't go into a business where the owner of the business pays his staff who are middle class and then go out and spend the money like can't no it just disappears into a black hole well, didn't it just Shapiro, disappears into a black didn't hole Shapiro adroitly point out that the whole reason the young Turks is a going concern and a going business is because yes, a wealthy did. person invent, invested in it I think he could have I think instead of making it personal which is great for a quip he could okay. have he could have included that but I think it's better to um, understand the mechanics because it's all coming back to Bastiat that's which is seen and that which is not seen and people really don't understand what is not seen he wasn't wrong and you know it's not like they're um I mean people really really do believe that and it's a pretty it was a pretty compelling argument to me when I was a lefty oh that makes sense you know rich people just put it away whereas uh, poor people will spend it in their local economy and it'll get the local business going the problem is you're missing out a step which is um when it enters the economy from the top it filters down sorry this is beginning to sound like trickle town uh, what what I mean, trickle-down economics, which, by the way, no free marketeer ever said. It's just the left-wing slander. The point is, it first gets spent on capital. And the capital is factories or machines that create more products. The more products there are, supply outweighs demand. The price of the products comes down. Therefore, poor people find those products more affordable. In the meantime, the poor people are getting paid. Because it's poor people who are making the machines or making the factories or, or and then who are being employed in those factories. So if you just give it to the people at the bottom, it may be satisfying to your um your notions of equality and stuff like that, but that's only gonna create price inflation if it isn't backed up by uh mm. um by a equivalent mm. increase in the number of goods so that are available. you're just jerking off, really. I think so. It's mm. a very, very popular argument amongst the lefts and Keynesians, and uh, more people should write about why that argument is wrong, yeah. because it's not beyond the realms of the norm, the average person to understand why that argument is a fallacy. It's just, you don't even hear this stuff on television. I mean, you might be right that there's not a bunch of floating voters that can be talked around. But the thing is, it's not even trying... Like, these people, if they knew... It's just because they meet a libertarian, like, once in a blue moon. If they knew four or five libertarians, it becomes less of a weird thing. Mm. And they actually have to go away and start considering why they view things the way they do. Okay. So, I mean... (sighs) The thing is, with, with Uyghur, what I find particularly disturbing about him is that he claims at least to have started 
on the right of the spectrum. His parents were conservatives, according to himself. Um, and he himself was uh, a Republican, so he says, uh, to a certain degree. And then suddenly he, he decided that that was not a good thing and became uh, you know, this kind of uh, liberal twat. But, I mean, that you yourself, my uh, esteemed colleague here, Mr. Savarov, started out on the left. He was right. a bedwetting liberal, uh, but then he's all better now. Yeah. So what, what, Still so, wet the bed, but... So, yeah, occasionally. He's actually wet the couch as we speak. Uh, as soon as he mentioned Bastia, he always does that. Um, so what gives with people who... See, I don't think he really was a conservative. I think he grew up in a conservative household. His parents were probably uh, Republican voters, but they probably didn't spend a lot of time thinking about right. it, you know, right. and getting into the apologetics of it. And as soon as somebody uh, from the left came along with what Cenk Uyghur, you know, considered to be an argument, a, a, a thought-through yeah. argument, yeah. as opposed to somebody just being a cultural liberal. Um, <clears throat> he probably embraced it. I mean, I'm, I don't know, I'm just guessing, but I, it's hard for me to get my head around how somebody can actually uh, be on the right, on the conservative sort of right of things and then embrace liberalism. I don't, I don't know what gives there, but um, maybe you could give us an insight into that, Anthony. Um, Having done it the other way around. Well, I think that yeah, I, I, I might... I, I mean, you grew I, up I, in a conservative household. Yeah. Were, did, did your parents and have I, any... Did, did, did they manage to give you any kind of well-thought-through reasons the for the conservatism? The only thing my dad would really say is compare West Germany to East Germany, compare this to that, and it was historical examples. Right. And, uh, um, and my thought was the automatic, well, that's not what we're really going for is it i mean we're not looking to for um for a an authoritarian form of, of socialism um yeah so so i would have let you know he wasn't exactly milton friedman when it came to answering objections and okay. that just strengthened my position well, david friedman's not exactly milton friedman you so <laughs> <laughs> right so the, the the thing is I think in the 90s and the early thousands, it was very easy to, it was easier to stay a progressive or a liberal lefty because the books, the internet wasn't so developed and the books available to you, the most articulate voices in the discourse seemed to be people on the left. Yeah. Even Michael Moore seemed considerably more articulate than uh, a lot of the writers, and you could say that writers like Anne Coulter are articulate, but she was a warmonger, so that put that would put me off listening to anyone something like that had to say. And you know, I just found the lack of compassion, and it was easy to be a liberal lefty under Bush as well because mm. it seemed so obvious who was worse and who was better in those days. Now, yeah. after eight years of Obama, it's not so clear. Well, you would think that. Yeah, but it's early days for most people. The word libertarian has only started to enter the public discourse. Yeah. Um, you, you, we've done, the movement has done in the last couple of years what it failed to do since the 70s. Libertarianism is new. Mm. Not all of the ideas in libertarianism are new. 
Yeah. But as a coherent... As a movement. Po- a, a, even as a coherent political philosophy, right. it wasn't stitched together until the 19th century. Mm. You know, uh, sorry, until the 20th century. The 19th century predecessors, whatever it was, like Thomas Jefferson thought that... Um, that uh, sodomy should be punishable. Um, John Locke thought that you couldn't accept atheism because then people's vows in courts were, were null, and, know, void, were null yeah. and void. Adam Smith wasn't a pure free marketeer. He he had problems with division of labour. Uh, but Adam Smith didn't have the benefit of Adam Smith. Yeah. If Adam Smith grew up reading Adam Smith, he could probably correct many of the sure, errors. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So, so, so it was only in the 20th century that our um, philosophy became cogent and coherent, and I think we've done brilliantly well yeah. in the last decade. So let if I mean, if, if you don't have it, okay, on. sure. I was just going to ask because when you brought up um, Anne Coulter and you you watched, I didn't watch the the Coulter Circassian uh, debate. You did. Do you want to go into that a little bit, or do you want to do, do sure? Do it wasn't Circassian. It was that Anna Kasparian. Anna Kasparian. Circassian. Uh, so I knew it was some. They they, they're, yeah. these, they all meld into one. These sort of leftist uh, feminist. Yeah, well, I'll just say I thought Ben Shapiro was pretty weak on getting money out of politics. I think Cenk Ugar came out the stronger on that because uh, uh, Shapiro was just forced into defending corporatism, defending lobbying for kickbacks from the taxpayers' pocket. I don't think he needed to do that. Um, So so the the other thing on... At Coulter versus Kasparian, let's face it, Kasparian isn't up to the mental stature of Anne Coulter. Sadly, Anne Coulter often uses her brains for evil rather than good. Although I have to hand it to her, she's taken very unpopular stances on single motherhood. Again, if you watch popular her... Popular with, with other uh, conservatives? Just with the public in general. It's okay. the kind of thing you don't do. You know, you don't yeah, yeah. criticise single mothers... Or you get shot at, basically. Yeah. You get sniped at. And she's gone on TV saying, you know, whatever. Now, the thing is... What's the bit? What, but keep your legs shut? Basically, basically right. um, and say, talking about the statistics, about how it's the biggest disadvantage you can give a child yeah. statistically, she's brave for doing that. But again, her presentation, because it lacked compassion, did not was less likely to... To have the sway. I mean, I watched it with my with my um, partner uh, at the time when it came out, and she basically was like, "They're all a bunch of fucking idiots. The people in the audience are idiots, and she's an idiot for thinking she can deliver those facts in that tone of voice and still reach anyone because she's talking to idiots. So she has to pitch it at their level yeah. and and wrap it up in compassion." Not wrap it up in single mothers are evil, but actually in the compassion Okay, well, here's, the here's what I was going to say earlier on the compassion thing. I'm all for compassion. But here's what I find what happens, especially when you're dealing with life. You cannot win. Because as soon as you, you, you talk in compassionate terms, what they accuse you of doing is cloaking your evil intentions okay. in compassionate language. Right? No matter how you dress this up, 
You know, you're using compassionate language and you're talking about caring for poor people. And you're talking about caring for, you know, it's a better way of caring for people. The bottom line is Some, you're going to get rid of okay, this, the state those safety are the, net. Those you are know? the talking heads. Those yeah. are the talking heads. You are going to get attacked probably no matter how you put it. But the question is, are you trying to win the short game or the long game? And I'm not against, as I said, I'm not against people kicking indoors either yeah. because people with different personalities reach are different reach people. different people okay. what i'm saying is there's a lack of people who are good at putting the compassionate face on libertarianism now i could be if people at home think i'm wrong about that i'm more than interested in hearing your arguments well, the thing is i think that the left have got tons of people who are good at putting the compassionate face on their views. Okay, here's here's a better idea. Rather than talk a compassionate thing, right? Rather than than talk a lot of compassionate sort of gobbledygook, wouldn't it be better to just give living examples of compassionate libertarianism in action? Actually, finding um, libertarian organisations, libertarian um, uh, charities, and where people, libertarians, are actually active in the community and doing real-time, real-term uh, work with disadvantaged uh, communities and disadvantaged people and making a difference and saying, look, here's how you would do it. You know? Yeah, I, here's, I here's, agree here's, with you. you. know, like the doctor, like the, like the doctor uh, who is, who's, running a, who's running a hospital the on the shoestring. Yeah. Or, or the guy who's running a school for kids. And it's very cheap, and he's he's doing better than the states. You, you know, these are the things we really need to to highlight. Instead of people talking the fight, actual show living examples of I how libertarianism a, can work in reality. I think there's a podcast dedicated to that. Anthony okay. Caprio um, free, uh, is the name of the host. I think it's called Free Cities. Excellent. Would you like to hear more of that, people at home? Would you like us to get more guests like Justin Newgan? who are actually doing stuff, you let us know what you want to see. Now, I guess before we wrap up, this was going to be our lead wrap story. We, uh, what? I'm, I'm just getting... Yeah, I know. I'm just getting into it, man. I know. We're, we're at 30 right. minutes, believe it or not. Um, we heard... Uh, we led with this story, libertarianism. A Salon article says libertarianism is for white men. The ugly truth about the right's favourite movement. Now, I think this is something we've been talking about, you know, libertarian leading conservatives. But I think overwhelmingly, first of all, libertarian. According okay, to me, first of all, it's in. libertarianism the, the right's, right's favourite movement. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of disparaging stuff from the, the alt-right towards libertarianism. And, and the mainstream right, they think we're either idealists or we're navel-gazing or yeah. we're some kind of... We're the idiot little brother or whatever yeah. you know, of conservatism. <laughs> yeah. Good uh, for you, kids. Just yeah, you go for it. Yeah. I don't know if we're conservatives that want to smoke pot or we're, yeah. or we're liberals that like capitalism. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, who says that we're the right's favourite thing? Um, I've heard there's a lot, there's actually a trend, there's a lot of this going on on YouTube and in social media at the moment. Uh, and there's some very well made videos, um, about how libertarianism is basically what they're saying is we're fascism light, you know, because yeah. we disagree, because we are antagonistic towards democracy, because we're, uh, antagonistic towards it. But then, look, who can fucking they deny fascism that fascism is. is collectivism, 
Right. That racism is collectivism. How is individual... I mean, I know. I mean, they, they, they make clever videos where they, they intercut uh, snippets of speech from Hans-Hermann Hoppe, snippets of speech from Adolf Hitler, snippets of speech from uh, Stefan Molyneux, and they all seem to be singing off the same hymn sheet. You know? selectively quoting Hitler. Of course they Hitler. do, right? I mean, you could do the exact same thing. Isn't, uh, right, libertarianism is the opposite of fascism. Fascism is the government and corporations, um, the merging of government and corporation. Libertarianism is specifically against the government intervening in the economy in any form. The or the fir- government intervening in the, anything, yeah, really. The, the, the first... Would you would you say that Bismarck was a proto-fascist? You could argue he was a proto-socialist. Okay, well he was. I mean, he he introduced the first welfare state in Europe. He um, he persecuted Catholics. Um, he 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 did a lot of unlibertarian stuff, right? right? So um, I don't see the the link between fa. Uh, also, fascism is very big on the military and stuff like that, and libertarians aren't so hot, so big on the military, especially. Well, there's a lot of guys out there posing as libertarians who kind of are big on the right, military. Okay. Well, you know, we've got. Well, this. Well, this just gets us into our yeah, second thing is, about who is a who's real, a real libertarian, libertarian right, yeah. because this is libertarianism is for white men. Well, we've got a couple of. Uh, libertarian leaning blacks who are well very <laughs> yeah I think you just made their argument very really. prominent <laughs> well Thomas Sowell and Walter Williams have been thought leaders in the libertarian movement but they're they more are conservative they are more conservative they're they're definitely not libertarian in foreign policy so but but libertarians don't have a big boner for the military and I think or imperialism and. Uh, as for the... They have a big boner for guns, though, and I think people conflate right, the two. Right. A lot of libertarians have a big boner for guns. I, know I never I thought do. I'd want a That's gun. Why I'm sitting like this. <laughs> right. Of course, you can't see that on iTunes, so, but trust me. So, are these, impressive. again, are these people real libertarians, Walter William and Thomas Sowell? Well, look, you know, I, I get tired. We have this... In our own party, in right. our own movement, and in our own Facebook page. Not that I fucking look at the Facebook page, but people are constantly drawing my attention to things that somebody said on f- shit libertarians say on Facebook. And it's like, look at this guy. Look at what he said. You know, if he's a real libertarian, I'm a monkey's uncle. You know, and it's like, you go, for fuck's sake. You know, it's like, why, you know, take one thing that somebody said and, and, and automatically just completely, you know, make your final fucking judgment. That person's not a libertarian because they said X, Y, Z, you know? Right. Um, and there's, there's loads of these people in the, the, the party, you know, it's, it's a broad church or a broad tent, if you like, if you don't like the religious analogy. Libertarians are broad tent. There are left libertarians, there are right libertarians, there are people who, I mean, I, I personally think left libertarianism is an oxymoron. That's, right. that's my own personal but opinion. Within, but do you know what? As long as we can agree on the non-aggression principle and as long as we can agree that government should be smaller. Well, there's libertarians that don't agree with the non-aggression principle. There's Matt Zwolinski and recently, recently on libertarianism.org. Matt Swollen Skids. Recently on libertarianism.org, an article went up saying, uh, 
the the non-aggression principle isn't even a principle. It's like, are these people real libertarians? So what do they mean like, by it's not a principle? It's more of a what then? It's, kind of... it's, they say, they basically said it's tautological and circu- a circular argument. It's like, but okay. here's the thing you don't understand, right? See, whenever you act, you act on an argument, you act on a principle. So if you uh, don't accept uh, people stealing your stuff, that that's an argument, right? You might think it's an action, but it's actually an argument. And uh, it's an argument for the universalization of the principle that people ought not to steal your stuff, which means you ought not to steal other people's stuff. See, if you someone punches you and you don't like that, and you want to retaliate, that or you want to protect yourself, that is an argument that you you're entitled to self defense. You're acting on a maxim. This is how Kant um, framed his whole philosophy, um, which was the idea that. Um, you should act always act on a maxim which um, you could well to be universal law. So you don't cut in on the line because if everyone cut in the line, it would be chaos or whatever, right? So everyone acts on maxims all the time. And in their day-to-day life, we accept the maxim. You don't hit people. You don't uh, take their stuff. And you don't spread rumors about them, which, you know, bearing false witness. You, uh, th- this is stuff that we know in everyday, in everyday life. Libertarianism is just taking that and universalizing so is, it. is there a danger here libertarianism could eat itself? <clears throat> is there a danger that what happened to the left could happen to libertarianism? Over the, over, I, don't, I think that it's relatively unlikely because... I mean, what can we all agree on? Right, okay, you would think we would all agree on the non-aggression principle, but well, clearly Swollen Skids doesn't, right? <laughs> so, what... He's not a real libertarian, though. No, he's not a real libertarian. Get the fuck out of here, man. Get the fuck out of here. You're not a real libertarian. So, you're all a bunch of socialists. You're all socialists. Um, yeah, people that believe in UBI, they're all socialists. All a bunch of socialists. Sorry, yeah. Katrina. Yes, and the, Kaz Paul. So, the, you're all... Just like, why don't you and just they, go and join exactly the Socialist Party? <laughs> just kidding, right? Just um, look, you're just allowed. To, we're allowed to have these differences of to, opinion. You're allowed to agree with the UBI. I mean, what what do we all agree? Do you're allowed to agree with it, but you're just dicks. Um, <laughs> I can't believe the person who was accusing everyone else of not being a liberta- a real libertarian. Yeah, is the one you is the one is the you. one that that's so <laughs> not a real libertarian. Yeah, um, so uh, yeah, we're allowed to have what these else demons, are you not what, allowed? What you're, are you're not allowed, you're not allowed cannot, to be You cannot have any any fucking uh, hint or reservation about open borders. You will immediately be fucking uh, pilloried. If you've got um, any inkling that maybe letting a limitless amount of people into the country while they are entitled to free education, healthcare, and a vote, which means that they can... Yeah, affect... but man, that's an argument against uh, the okay. welfare state. Yeah, it's well, not yeah, an argument against open yeah, borders. Yeah, well, if you can sell people on getting rid of the welfare state... I, with no integration policy whatsoever. I'm sorry... I'm sorry, it, it's just yeah. like... How does mass immigration make the libertarian dream more possible? Uh, maybe it does. Maybe somebody's got an argument for that. I don't, I wa- I don't I want to get bogged want, down I in it, though. I want to be for open borders. Yeah, so do I. I, I desperately the, want to be I for think them. that the earth is like not anyone's property, so to speak. So I, now I'm going to get some libertarian mm. purists going, mm. everything right. should be someone's property. Of course you it know is. What I, mean? what I mean is... I mean, what could be more anyone closed Anyone should borders? be able to live wherever they, in whatever geographical area they like. 
Well, not if it's private property, they can't. <laughs> yes. Within re- with right, the yeah. caveat. So, so it's like, but but you're not allowed to say this now. And this is, and oh, I, I, we can't exactly. talk about Exactly. Why are so many why libertarians... Why are we not even allowed to discuss it? Why are so many libertarians behaving like social justice warriors? Why because are we borrowing this? Because they're not real libertarians! Um, you know, dude, take it, fill in the fucking blank. You know, you're not a real libertarian because, you know, because you believe, uh, because I don't know whether you're pro-abortion or whether you're anti-abortion. Either way, you're not a real libertarian. Yeah. Uh, if you think we should have some sort of national defense, you're either a real or not a real libertarian. Yeah, you're not a real libertarian. Um, if you're an anarcho-capitalist, you're not a real libertarian. Yeah, and if you're, what, what's, if you're how a, does that break down? If you're a minarchist, how does the national real... you've got? Uh, or, I was going to say orthodontist, de- de- deontologists, or whatever. What's the split? Deontologists between? and consequentialists. Exactly. Neither of them are real libertarians. No, no one's a real libertarian. <laughs> there, there's no true libertarian. There's Apparently, no Murray Rothbard wasn't even a real no, libertarian. No, he wasn't a real libertarian because he he was he he was he came out with loads of statements by Murray Rothbard against open borders. You know, towards the, towards the end of towards, his life. Toward the end of his life. But you know, I guess. What know, are the other splits? Uh, splitters, you splitters. Uh, there's lots of splitters. Oh, Israel. Israel. Yeah. If you support Israel, you're not a real libertarian. Yeah. And by the way, if you support the Palestinians, you're not a real libertarian. Absolutely. You know, um, will the real libertarian please stand up? Uh, he probably can't because he's dead. <laughs> you know, they're all the real libertarians are dead. We're just jerking off. Uh, is what we're doing. So it's, it becomes tedious. Do you know you who know? isn't a real libertarian? Uh, Adolf Hitler. Steve Horowitz, who did you? Okay. Who, actually, very relevant to our show, who recently uh, accused Jeff Deist of being some kind of fascist uh, for saying something about blood and soil at the end of his speech at the Mises Institute, <laughs> in which he was Und saying. Soil. Uh, in which um, I, I don't think I need to rehash the whole thing. If you want to know the G- Steve Horowitz-Jeff Dice controversy, listen to a recent uh, episode of Tom Woods where he smashes, there you go, your favourite, uh, Tom Woods smashes left libertarians for their criticism of anyone who and it's all about people trying to appear politically correct yeah we're libertarians but we're not like those libertarians we're virtue signaling you know we're i'm leftier than thou jeff dice's talk is called for a new libertarian which if you didn't guess is a play on murray rothbard's for a new liberty so uh, i say that steve horowitz is for a new virtue signaling yeah and it's it's pretty tedious well can we Instead of finding what divides us, what does indeed unite? Okay, if we, I would have thought the non-aggression principle, but clearly that's fucking uh, up in the air. How about can Free we all agree that none of us, whether you're an anarcho-capitalist, whether you're a fucking brutalist, or whether you're a humanist, whether you're a fucking left or right libertarian, can we all agree that none of us know how to centrally plan an economy? I can agree on that. Would that be a good starting point? Can't we all just get along? Can't we all just get along? Division's good at times, you know? Um, it's this is, this is how we thrash out ideas. And ideas are good. And nothing should be taboo. Nothing should be on the table. Now, I agree there's probably a bare minimum that somebody should subscribe to in order to rightfully call themselves a libertarian. Um, 
what that is. Well, you know, that, well, let's just uh, I can, uh, let's hope we start a, a heated debate on uh, on our YouTube channel. I hope no autistic screeching, <laughs> no use of the word libtard. <laughs> Or you fucktard. Can, you can't use the word fucktard. What either. about lolbertarian? <laughs> I quite like lolbertarian. I love lolbertarian. Okay, thank you for tuning in to another... Oh, are we winding this up already? Are I you was enjoying this. I don't know, we were going to talk about something else. Oh yeah, just uh, to let you know that the Edinburgh... But we're coming at you from Edinburgh here. Uh, from This is my disgusting abode. And... Uh, Edinburgh is in full swing at the moment. It's With the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. The Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Festival. There you go. There's a, an act, one of the examples of the acts that you can avoid uh, here in Edinburgh. You can see student fuckwits from all over the world uh, do their version of Hot babes. Shakespeare's Tempest in Serbo-Croat. You know, yeah. with extra naked uh, transsexuals. They do all sorts of horrible things, like set um, things in the First and Second World War that never should have been. Yeah, exactly. They always set Greek uh, tragedies <laughs> in, the, in, in one of the world wars. It's like, what makes you think anyone is actually interested in seeing Shakespeare or a Greek tragedy set in the Second World War? I hate it. I hate it when people make things set so in the, one the, of the world wars. So the wars. city is awash with completely overconfident middle-class uh, kids, you know, who uh, have been told since they were that height that everything they do is, is genius, from their what? first shit uh, to, to everything. You know, that these kids are... There's uh, over I mean, 5,000 great. It's great. You know. I don't know, is it... Yeah, over 5,000 there's, there's, there's loads. I think it's going to be a really busy festival this year. And you cannot do you know move. what? It, well, the good news is all the pubs and nightclubs are open later. Um... <laughs> So yeah, you can you can so cane we, it. You can you, cane it till five in the morning, and then you can wander along to a joint that's opening at six. You, so might you have to put up with that one hour of uh, of, of, the, of, the, of the bar of sobriety. Uh, well, yeah. I'll tell you something. Um, we might be having some guests over this fringe festival. Last August, we did two shows a week on average, so we might be doing a lot more shows uh, this month. Um, We'll try and distinguish the regular shows from this, the specials for people who are in America and might not be interested in so much in what's going on in the festival. But um, yeah, let us know what you like. We don't hear that much feedback from our iTunes listeners, so you can always email us at scottishlibertypodcast at gmail.com scottishlibertypodcast at gmail.com and um yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually a critic. I review theatre, so we can get. I've got a pass and everything, so we can get get to see in some stuff for free. And uh, if there's anything good, we'll we'll tell our Scottish listeners where to go. Um, <laughs> they might tell us where to go. They might tell us where to go, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you where to go straight to hell if you're not a libertarian. <laughs> yeah, so don't be a lefty or a righty. Be a real libertarian. Real libertarian. <laughs> What do you mean white? When you say real, do you mean white? Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's you it. Be a, white, be a white guy. 